0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Madeline Fox. Today is Friday, October 6th. Coming up, prairie land is rapidly disappearing, but one Kansas photographer is highlighting why it's worth saving
0: it's not just a local attraction but i think it's representative of more fundamental aspects of human existence
1: a new photo exhibition shows the beauty power and delicacy of the flint hills and pablo san and the kansas city latin jazz orchestra use rhythms and sounds from chile to west africa to connect distant cultures in kansas city
2: i'm mexican Pablo's Chilean, but I mean, there's a lot of similarities between that. Love the music, makes me want to dance.
1: Meet Sanjueza and his orchestra during their 20th year making music. But first, some headlines. The Chicano Arts Festival will celebrate the city's Mexican-American community this weekend with live performances, art exhibits, food, and a car show with more than 100 custom low riders. Deanna Munoz is the founder of the Latino Arts Foundation, which organizes the Chicano Arts Festival. She says she sees no hard line between the art show and the car show. They're uh, driving canvases. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They um, not just the
3: paint on the outside. It is the interiors, the hydraulics. It's the love of
1: what you put into it. The festival is tomorrow from 11 to 5 at 14th and Liberty in the West Bottoms. Kansas's health department says doctors in many parts of the state are likely prescribing too many antibiotics. As Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports, officials want to lower those rates to help fight antibiotic-resistant infections. Health officials say Kansas has made some progress in reducing antibiotic use, but the state still has one of the highest prescription rates in the country. They're urging doctors to only prescribe the drugs when necessary to help reduce so-called superbugs, or sometimes deadly antibiotic resistant infections. Antibiotic misuse has led to a rise in those infections globally and in Kansas. The state has recorded nearly 5,000 since tracking began five years ago. Officials say new data showing potential Potentially inappropriate prescription trends in many Kansas zip codes will guide antibiotic stewardship efforts. That data shows high antibiotic prescription rates in several parts of Wyandotte and Johnson counties. Westside residents will get a new outdoor pool in their neighborhood by summer 2025. But as KCUR's Salisa Colaco reports, city officials don't know where to put it. The choice is between replacing the now-closed Jarbo pool or building an outdoor water facility at the Tony Aguirre Community Center that connects to the current indoor pool. The project will cost $3 million. Aquatic consultants said a pool at the community center would come with water slides and a splash playground. The Jarbo pool would not have those extra features because it will cost more to take out the old pool and rebuild a new one. Money for the new pool is coming from city bonds. More of Kansas City Today is coming up. Stay with us.
2: This podcast
0: is looking for good deals on great food. But sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777.
2: Standard texting rates apply.
1: Prairies are disappearing all around the world, and one central Kansas photographer is calling attention to that ecological emergency with a new exhibition at the Kansas City Public Library. The library's Ann Koenigendorf spoke with Philip Hying about the images, shot near his home in Matfield Green.
3: Since we're on the radio, this is not a visual medium. (laughs) Dang it. So will you please describe the work um, in a survey of elemental gratitude as much as you're able to so people kind of have an idea of what they might see?
0: It's a survey of the environment of the Flint Hills around where I live now. Uh, and I I find the prairie around the Flint Hills to be representative of a very important aspect of the world in general. It's not just a local attraction or a scenic place that you can g- get to from Kansas City in a couple hours drive. I think it's representative of more fundamental and essential aspects of human existence.
3: What do you mean by that?
0: So intact prairies are still a really important part of the world ecosystem. They're massive carbon sinks, but also they're just places where a person exploring with open eyes and an open mind can get in touch with fundamental aspects of their experience as a human and even their well-being. We're in the midst of a massive emergency, and that's really the ultimate motivation for what I'm doing now is trying to deal with my feelings of concern about the state of the planet and the ecosystem and all the life around us.
3: And so I've seen the photos, and I think it seemed like it would be pretty simple to say, oh, these are pastoral or, you know, these have a contemplative quality or whatever, but that would be totally missing the point in that there's this harder underlying thing. Is that right?
0: Yes, Nature isn't just beautiful. Uh, nature is also fierce and challenging. Anybody who's ever been out when it's 104 degrees or the wind is ripping at 50 miles an hour knows that the prairie isn't exactly, you know, pastoral. And so to depict it as uh, just an idyllic, uh, picturesque place is only telling half the story and, in fact, being misleading.
3: Do you mean for there to be some sort of call to action in this particular exhibition?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I hope to show in these pictures that there's plenty left still to care for and to build on and to restore and if we just shift our focus from exploiting and manipulating to taking care of the things around us, we'll have an extraordinary world. So, I don't want this to be a body of work that's angry, militant and in your face. I want it to be an encouraging work to show that it's it's worth caring for it. While never betraying the urgency of the message.
3: It was striking to see the macro and micro shots that you had. So you have this very close-up shot of a turtle, and then there's the Milky Way. It's about as macro as you can get, I guess. And I kept thinking, you know, you're somebody who did grow up in this area, but then also lived as far away as France, and, and I don't know where else. But I kept thinking about the macro and micro of that, too. Is there some connection there, or am I just making things up?
0: absolutely you just have to open your eyes to it and i think anybody can see it that there are patterns and properties and principles that echo throughout everything everywhere and i think it's something that we could bring a little more of into the world an appreciation for just the preposterously unlikely creation that our own lives are and the world around us i can't put it into words so i make i put it into pictures
3: what what do you hope the effect of that macro and micro look Will be for people.
0: Well, I I hope it'll amaze you and I hope it'll help you feel included that you're also part of it, which you are. And I think everything is contingent on everything else. And we forget that way too much. We spend way too much time controlling and manipulating the world and not nearly enough time being part of it.
3: Well, we'll see you at the Central Library on
1: October 7th during the Heartland Book Festival and really look forward to that.
0: Well, great. I look forward to it too. Thanks very much.
1: This story was produced in partnership with the Kansas City Public Library, which is hosting Philip Hying tomorrow during the Heartland Book Festival. Visit heartlandbookfest.org for more information. The Kansas City Latin Jazz Orchestra is celebrating 20 years of expanding the boundaries of Kansas City jazz. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV reports on how the band is using music to foster cross-cultural appreciation.
2: Quaint bookstore in the Strawberry Hill neighborhood of Kansas City, Kansas, might seem like an odd place to commemorate the 50th anniversary of a Chilean coup, cool. but Pablo Sanueza makes it seem natural. Roger, Sanueza has been sharing parts of his Chilean heritage and the history of Latin jazz with the Kansas City region since 1996, when he fled his homeland. It's a big theme with the arts, with the music, because the coup was also a strike on the artists. They killed the major artists of the time, intellectuals, the writers, musicians, painters. To make up for their loss back home. San Weza has devoted countless hours to building up the Kansas City Latin Jazz Orchestra. In the process, he's created an eclectic community. It's music, music of revolution, music of gathering people together. This year, San Weza and the orchestra are marking their 20th anniversary, and their sound is being celebrated. For some fans, the music embodies an important part of their culture. For world-renowned trumpeter Lonnie McFadden, it's about the energy San Weza's music brings to the room. He says even for an old pro like him, sitting in on a jam session is electrifying. I know what it's like to play in a club where everybody's dancing, but I had never until then played in any band that the dance floor stays packed for the whole hour and 15 minutes that we're on stage. Fans feel it, too. For this Monday night show at Flagship Books, they've converged, not only to commemorate an infamous day, but also to groove and to celebrate what San Sanueza has brought to Kansas City. 25-year-old Nicholas Garcia, who lives in the Argentine neighborhood, is one of them. He's been coming to San Jose shows for years. I'm Mexican. Pablo's Chilean, but I mean, there's a lot of similarities between that. Love the music, makes me want to dance. Percussionist Brandon Cooper had some experience playing the drums before he became a member of the orchestra. Still, when Sanueza tasked him with playing the claves, which formed the bass rhythm of Latin jazz, it was a challenge. That's when it opened my eyes to where... There's so much intricacy, so much just roots and overall depth to what he's been doing. These days, Cooper also plays bongo for the group. And he says the band leader's deep knowledge of Latin jazz and its origins in West Africa help him get in touch with his own mixed heritage. This music is definitely a portal to that source of understanding who I am. This music gives me a sense of identity and where I come from. Sanhueza calls it a gift. You can hear that in Venezuela. In Venezuela they do it. And says it comes from years of trial and error and years of studying salsa, merengue, cumbia, and more in several Latin American countries.
3: What keeps us in business is not sale. It's a motivation to, to do this work.
2: Part of that work, Sanhueza says, is about passing along a legacy. <laughs> That's why San Huesa founded the Latin Jazz Institute nonprofit in 2018 to help raise the next generation of musicians. The motivation is always to work with underserved youth, you know, a marginalized youth. Because it's gonna come like a moment that we're gonna have to retire, and it's healthy to think that way. The years of dedication and hard work have made San Huesa's orchestra the region's premier Latin jazz band. It also earned him recognition as a touring artist for the Missouri Arts Council. That and the longest running residency at the American Jazz Museum's Blue Room Club has assured the art form a home in Kansas City for years to come. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Lawrence Brooks IV.
1: Kansas City Today. I'm Madeline Fox. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by me and Laura Ziegler. For more news about the Kansas City Metro, visit kcur.org, the online home of Kansas City's NPR station. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you Monday.